1: And welcome to the Shakti Hour, a podcast on the Be Here Now Network where I speak with women about their personal experience on the spiritual path. My name is Melanie, and today I'm sharing a conversation with Jacqueline Hodes, creator of A Wave Awake, naturally dyed, earth-conscious, sustainable fashion. Jacqueline and I caught up with each other this summer in California. And we had a great talk about intuition, creative practice, spiritual evolution, divine timing, the feminine, right effort, and being grounded in the body. I hope you enjoy our talk. Please go to the Shakti Hour page at BeHereNowNetwork.com, where you'll find links to the AwayVaWake site, you can also subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes. And if you're enjoying listening, please do leave us a good review. Thanks so much for listening. And now, please enjoy the Shakti Hour.
2: I'm here today with Jacqueline Hodes of A Wave Awake, a friend of mine who I recently reconnected with this summer in California. And I'm super uh, stoked to be <laughs> here with her over the internet. I don't know, just the California vibes had me say stoked for some reason, <laughs> which is not something I normally say. Um, totally. yeah. And <laughs> and um, so maybe you can just tell us a little bit about yourself here at the beginning, um, a little bit about your uh, your spiritual path. I know that, um, you know, in in your bio for your clothing line there's mention of your study of of kundalini yoga and how that helped take you on that journey but maybe you can share a little bit about that or how you got to that or how spirit has moved into your life
3: absolutely um i was just thinking about this the other day it came up um so actually we, we spoke about paris i know you're you living in paris now and um it was really in paris that i that it i had it in a in a way and it I was about to say like a reverse awakening, <laughs> but I got to the point of feeling stuck in my young adult life. I was 22 and, and I could feel this tension rising in the city and it was just that my senses were all kind of more and more activated out as an adult in the world. And I, my dad saw a psychic who very randomly, and he's since gotten involved in this like in an interesting way and has written a book about metaphysics from physician to metaphysician. That's a whole other story, but um, he saw this psychic who had all these messages for me and I was very stuck in Paris. And so I got when I got back to New York, I almost stayed there and went to design school. And I got pulled back because I felt this irrational desire that New York was everything was about to change and that and it did. Um, and a close friend of mine who was a big inspiration passed away exactly a month before September 11th. So. got back to new york all of that happened all that kind of trauma terror that i was feeling 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 in paris because that was happening in its own way in paris even though there were no towers falling etc that there was that palpable palpable shift energy and i got back to new york and i started seeing um a healer who took me on journeys and so i re-found i think what is the essence that we all have sort of our innate ability to, to travel astrally and connect guys and, and all of that. And at the same time, I would, I would go there and I would, you know, be in New York City and I would be partying or try to party or do whatever, assisting stylists and just still doing things that felt to me to have layers of uh, the past or old ways of doing things. Just But then the light was still emerging through all that darkness. And that was a very chaotic time. And I you know, was moving through it, and I first, a few years after, actually ended up coming to L.A. for the first time and, and just seeing other possibilities, um, other possibilities of living. And the awakening was actually, like, funny. It was slow that way. Um, but I started doing yoga around that time, but it wasn't until I stepped into a Kundalini yoga class and I heard Sat Nam, and that, to me, was like a, the further cellular awakening that anything that was dormant really came, came alive. And, and through that, um, I think my path, uh, opened up even further and got clearer because I think, you know, the messages have been out there all along and it was a matter of, you know, listening to them, clearing out the fuzz in my ears so that I could hear it.
2: Yeah. It's so fascinating to me about how, how this like leaning into the intuition, um, kind of unfolds in this way where you get a real strong lean and you act on it, but then there can be this whole kind of um, unraveling of that thing. And I'm wondering if you felt like when then, if that actually then led you into your craft or if it still is unraveling or if it, you know, was it, was it internal to external or external to, in, you know?
3: Yeah, it's sort of like waves really, but um, mm-hmm. it would come and go, come and go. But I think I always wanted to be a designer. And then I actually complicated myself by getting more interested in, in academic intellectual pursuits. So I I kind of filled my mind and, I, and kind of, that was in a way a cloud, even though that was all coming from, you know, the old school enlightenment, everything that I, you know, my education and then Hmm. but i always when i was like a little girl played like a designer Hmm. like i had a dress up i had a designer so something that was always something i needed from a past life and then after college after sarah lawrence i i studied lots of great things and i think they're all part of what i'm doing now too but i i maybe would have gone to design school and i almost did in paris but i was styling and actually it was interesting because it was almost horrifying to me like I was attracted to it but all my illusions came crashing down when I was on set in Paris for the first time and like creating images for a magazine that was like so important to me like as a young teenager like it was the epitome of cool it was dazed and confused I think and it was a shoot for that and I was like oh yeah here I really am like this is happening and in the same breath it was like sort of existential dread
2: Hmm.
3: and instead of i don't know it's Hmm. all the scorpio in me but instead of being completely like run the other way i was intrigued Hmm. i think i'm like still kind of like intrigued because i think maybe when there's the wound and we still have work to do like it still needs we don't really know how to heal it or what to put on it to mend it or close it it's like some of us at least go into it
0: Hmm.
3: There was a fascination there, um, even though it was, like, a mix of, like, excitement and also, like, horror. Because yeah. I was like, okay, this is it? Like, I really consume these images and love this beauty, and yet, like, this is some of the ugliness that's also present behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, it's a real Kali kind of moment of the whole the whole thing. Like, mm. it feels like the whole thing is, is getting consumed, and that really is the creative process. You know, it's destructive and creative and and that like that part of the you know I feel like it sometimes gets washed over in pure spirituality conversations that like when you're trying to just look at your whole being and your whole ego self but if you get rid of that and you just go into the work or um, or whatever you're doing and go into it that that fully you still have that destruction creation whole experience and that can be just as frightening as sitting on a on a animal skin in a in a cave somewhere and entering the void because everything is becoming one the the self is being taken
3: yeah really seeing kind of the darkness and the light at once and having to not throw out the darkness too soon so i i was really in that realm for a while trying to find my place but ultimately like it wasn't in a true alignment to continue as i was and and in alignment with that i wasn't my career wasn't really advancing and it wasn't really on it wasn't on it and i did teachers training um completely other teachers training in new york but with teachers from la as well and one of the things that um the teacher grimuk said was that she just really said it and it definitely penetrated she said if what you're doing isn't in alignment with your ethics and where we're going here like in this course in this teaching it's not going to work it will fall away there is nothing that you can do so it was almost like permission like let go and i i heard that and i just wasn't sure yet what that would look like because it's like even though at that point i was still so young right it's like now here i am almost like yeah 10 years later or more 12 years later I think, ten, yeah, something like that, um, let's just say 10 years later, and you're like, oh my God, I can't, I've invested all this time into doing this thing, like, and I and I obviously didn't just throw it all out, I, I, I set to try to alchemize what I was doing, but um, it was really going deeper into Kundalini Yoga and Santa Fe and thinking I could move and open up this store online and create things and now I finally had the confidence, the permission to create um, something, to really have something come from me and birth these, and it was sort of how I was dressing and it was inspired, my own take on Kundalini Yoga, like, you know, you wear kurtas and headdresses and it was all about, and that was the Indian way of dressing and I thought that was so beautiful and I still thought that's not authentic to me. And yet for people who stand in that the bana and that that way of dressing it's so so powerful how can i create my own garments my own way of dressing that was authentic to me and yet still had that raj frequency that royal frequency hmm. that that we spoke of, that was spoke of and that we really were tuning into and i loved how complete that yoga was compared to the other ways i was taught yoga that it really gave you uh, a lifestyle a way of dressing a way of eating and there was something that really reset um I was able to reset through those teachings and through going deep and yet at the same time I still had the need to channel sort of my own expression hmm. from there so um so that's I think a way of awake was 100% born through that or that was the next um phase for or, like, of experience that, like, more clearly birthed what I'm doing today with the collection. And
2: so do you feel like, um, do you, when you're interfacing with the world through this creative practice, through this, your trade, are spiritual principles on the table? Mm. I mean, are they are they being, you know, they're being transmitted through you, the creator, into the creation. But is that something that you're, you're bringing into to dialogue or that you feel is like mm-hmm. permeating other aspects of,
3: of the business? For sure. I think in the beginning as a Kundalini Yogini, and that was really my framework, my conceptual framework or the overlay of my, I obviously have lots of other experiences, a student and an artist and whatever else, wherever else I was coming from. But the overlay then was the Kundalini Yoga. And so that really was the framework in which I was beginning to create out of. Um, but then really from there, two, inter, two really interesting things, which for me is the subject of consciousness, wellness, and the, the interlay of those in fast, in particular not just fashion, but how it's expressed in the world, out in the world. Um, and then also feminine power. So those were two things that I, I think I've studied alongside and that complemented um, my my like yogic training. Um, and those are two things that I'm working with more now even than say, the principles of Kundalini Yoga, even though those are, like, intricately woven into into my being, into my experience now. It's really what is wellness and consciousness in terms of, like, our worldliness and what we're consuming and what is it to exist as a business and a creator through uh, accessing feminine power versus... and And also how you're reconciling that and what does that even mean in a culture that has been you know patriarchal like what does this mean feminine power so um and you know just the awareness of shakti that i learned what that even was palpably through having a name for it through kundalini yoga i think um it led me further into this kind of dialogue with creating and with um, communicating creations to the world Hmm. i love that
2: phrase communicating creations to the world. That's really nice. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about your experience as a as like a spiritual practitioner and how that reflects in your experience as a creative person. So you're describing to me like how you put these ideas together and are exploring them through your work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering I don't know if this line needs to be drawn or not. It's a kind of a question I have personally, but I'm wondering if you can connect those two, or if you can relate the experiences to one another, like your own personal, you know, practice, spiritual practice and
3: your creative practice. Mm, mm. I think right now, um, I think it wasn't completely conscious in the beginning, and I probably understood them as separate. And now I understand them as inextricably bound because um, if you're sourcing your feminine power, accessing this energy of the feminine divine, divine feminine, then it is your creative expression. Is its creative expression is shakti, right? So um, I think that. I think right now, more than anything, I'm, I'm efforting to, or not even efforting. I'm a lot. It's the opposite of efforting. I'm sort of just allowing my spiritual practice to be everything. So instead of thinking even that, like it's sitting on a a mat somewhere, it's like everything, you know? And so then there's no way that it's not being a clothing designer as sort of silly as that could sound. Um, I think in this new, the new paradigm or the new way of doing it, it's still negotiating. Like, okay, hmm. what, what is like, what is then like business? What is, I mean, everything, you know? And even when it looks like uh, things just got really gnarly and off and not like, you know, I don't, cause I don't believe that um, spirituality is just bliss. Like that's, that's for sure. Um, hmm. it's, it's really like the sticky stuff. And even the dark nights and, uh, the stress, even like, Mm -hmm. let's just make it all that and not just the love and the light. Like maybe that was emphasized a little bit, a lot rather in Kundalini yoga. And maybe that's why I've opened up a little space and allowed a little more to come in where I'm, I'm dancing more with shadow and trying to work out what that is. And, and that to me, um, for at least, is sort of the next the, the phase of now, mm-hmm. um, and so then I then I now think that I guess that's kind of what you call tantra, mm-hmm. but um, but far from being a master, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to figure out what that is, and I, it's I've had I've gotten to touch in with it when I've done some dance that is embodying that, and then I felt that. I'm doing it when I'm creating or that's how I'm doing business. Like it's not, I don't, can't compartmentalize. I don't think if you're accessing feminine power, you're creating a business from, from the feminine expression. I mean, it's not this pure thing, but let's just say if that's sort of the focus, then, then that's going to be sort of how things are done. You know, you can't. And how,
2: how are those things? Is it, is it, I mean, I'm, I'm, intuiting from what you're saying and you know it's multifaceted it's shifting it's all encompassing it's not this kind of linear structural business plan a b c d e f g style thing
3: yeah it's a little chaotic actually and mm. um, i think that like it's beautiful to know that there's time in which to invite the masculine in it in even into business because there's a really amazing sacred union and partnership when the two emerge, but I definitely think the birthing of, um, as far as as conscious as I am about it, because of course, you know, I'm trained in the system where masculine things like I know how to do things right and show up for it and these things, but let's just say for the most part, it's been very like divinely guided all in the flow, very little strategy. Um, and yeah really really surprisingly so and what's funny now is now i know i need to bring in that that sacred union in my maybe my personal life as well but in business so that i can go beyond this exploration of just the feminine of just the divine feminine um and how to access that to and i think some people on their path they're just they're needing they're going there and they're still working through that and not to say that for some for whatever reason, that's been easy for me to to operate that from, from that space. Um, and now it's actually like inviting a little bit more structure in so that I could further serve. And um, yeah, that's why like the business isn't the uh, the clothing collection isn't my name. It's a wave awake because it's not just really about me. Hmm. It's really just like what how can I serve this vision this offering that came through me um, that inspires me and I want to serve it. And it's using some knowledge I had and and some aesthetic predilections, but ultimately it's not really me.
2: Right, right.
3: Yeah, does that make sense?
2: No, it does does make sense. I was just listening to this um, uh, uh, podcast earlier today this guy was talking about—I forget his name—but he was talking about um, the myth of the of Coca-Cola as a as a being, like mm-hmm. as an entity. And he was talking about how Coca-Cola cannot suffer. Coca-Cola cannot love. But, but that the the lawyers, the attorneys, the corporate attorneys create it as such that it can. They kind of name, put this legal language around it so that it it can in that kind of world. Anyway, Ooh. that's like a whole other thing to think about. But, <laughs> but that
3: is very interesting.
2: <laughs> but but just when you said the separation of it's an it is really interesting to consider that we want to we want to animate we want to personify the unperson we want to give an ego to uh, a, a non-entity you know it's almost yeah. like we want to invite it into that as as opposed to this idea of the, the feminine consciousness the shakti being in in everything to just have it be in everything so um Tell me a little bit about this, this part of yourself that was already be able to tune into these waves of intuition. Like, how did that develop from when you were a little girl or a teenager or into adulthood?
3: Well, I think... I want to say this is for most of us, but it, it really gets shut down, right? So so it's innate. And, and maybe we have a family member that has cultivated it or we see examples of it. And, you know, because I know throughout my life, moments of like, aha, like when someone's friend, older, you know, an older woman, a friend of a parent's, uh, you know, could read palms. Mm-hmm. Or when someone gave me, a, like, as a little girl, a book on astrology. Or just my attraction to like, I had a young age to essential oils and, and just why did I always like clothing? Why was I always fascinated by it? Why did I go to a store and grab patterns and not really even understand how they worked, but I like wanted one, you know? Um, and then all the other stuff and the junk that happens, I think that I I, I have great parents, um, but I was in an environment where there was no kindred spirits growing up, really. And so maybe that allowed me to have a lot of time on my own to cultivate through imagination and through space, um, but also left a lot of like longing to still, I don't know, fit in or, or acclimate to my surroundings, right? Because that's how you survive, in a way, as a child. Um, but... But I think that um, in Paris, specifically, I got, there was just something that did awaken me in Paris, and I couldn't handle it. I actually, like, gained weight. I had all this water weight, and I I was told, like, this is because you're so sensitive, and your senses are expanding, and it doesn't feel good. Like, now is not a time where it's good to be porous and open, and you're in New York City, or it's like, doesn't feel safe. So I think that um, anxiety was always present when my senses started um, becoming more refined and heightened. And I learned so many ways of, you know, numbing them. I mean, I don't need a, a lot, but like, you know, alcohol, food, tons of distractions, obsessions, mm. stations. <laughs> but I, I think that, um, yeah, I think, Really the empowerment of people telling you, I think that first healer told me, you know, you're, you're a seer, like, you know, you know, you, you, you hear things and you see, but it's not like it's a distraction. It's not like that would ever be uh, a career for me. So it's not that I'm going to lose. But you have
2: this too, you have this sense and it it almost when you're telling the story of your childhood, it's almost that the isolation of no kindred spirits is kind of a crucible that protects that in a way. So you can kind of flow with your intuition, and then you get out into the world, having to interact with with others, and that. Then you have to learn a new way, like you said, these numbing things that we do, and I I don't know that it's the same. I don't know that the childhood to adulthood thing is the same for everyone. You know, you ideally we would we would you know bless. Every child with a with a safe and and warm environment at home, where they can expand and grow and be open during that time, and then you know mature and learn how to to go through that. But um, I don't think that it necessarily goes that direction for everybody. But the but the things about numbing and and uh, not wanting to be attuned to the sensitivities either of, you know, clair, clairvoyant-type sensitivities or just your own sensitivities to life itself and what it's trying to tell you. Mm. And, and um, why were you willing to remain sensitive? I mean, you said that moment where you felt the, the bit of the darkness when you were, like, taken into the photographs of the, the fashion. I know that's not what you said but you said something similar. <laughs> but you know, but there was this moment I'm I'm, I'm remembering what you said uh, feeling wise it was you know you were taken over by this desire or by this feeling of merging into this kind of creative thing and you felt the bit of darkness so what do you think it is that gave you the strength or the capacity to continue into that As opposed to continue numbing, 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 numbing.
3: Well, maybe I had to numb to kind of continue a little bit. Hmm. Um, At the same time that there is just, I don't know if that's five planets in Scorpio and just like Hmm. my own capacity to sort of, I mean, I'm not a fearless shadow worker, that's for sure, but, but I don't know, just this interest in like trying to figure it out. Like why is it still it's still intriguing to me and why is it still intriguing and I I didn't quite yet have all of my best faculties there, like emotionally, intellectually, spiritually aligned to to know hmm. so that I could leave and like and then continue on because I really I stayed there for a while. Um, I did jump in and out. I went to graduate school I think the year after like two thousand two for, um, the following year after September 11, for costume history and textiles. Um, so that was a different, so I was like, knew it wasn't right from the beginning, but then I like go went back and, and, um, yeah, it wasn't right for so many reasons, but because I, but this is right. And I think that's why it didn't feel right, but there was still a rite of passage sort of through hmm. this, uh dark canal I don't know, of, of, you know, and then I think it was interesting, like relationships reflected that. And, and it really, something happened at that magical age of 33, really, when I re- renegotiated agreements and um, really a wave awake was ready to be born. And so I would say like, back to that, like first question, I think it was it was just like and I'm still figuring it out like what is this where am I you know I'm in one place for the for one full year for the first time I'm like is this my guidance supposed to be here like that was without question and like but wait um really <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway
3: um, yeah yeah no wait I heard that loud and clear no I'm supposed to be here but um <laughs> right yeah did I answer that yeah. yeah I mean I think I guess
2: the I guess it maybe it's just like hindsight is twenty twenty in a little in a little bit of ways, and that there's a bit of risk taking, and and willingness to go forward. You're already inclined to that, and it it's funny, you know, doing this podcast and talking to different people about their life paths. It's um, I, I bring some sort of personal projection to it that I'm starting to come aware of, of like how I anticipated my life was supposed to flow, or something like this but when I'm hearing it, when I hear people tell their stories, it's so obvious. It's so obvious how things are so flowing in alignment. And then you landed in the kundalini yoga and that happened for you. And and you went around here and then this came in and now this is where you are here. And you know, who, who knows? I mean, I don't know how you felt each day, each month along that pathway, like, you know, how sure it felt or how, how what was the balance of dark to light what was the balance of you know doubt to faith or and and you know if to come out on the other side and and feel like you're supported in in this creation and now being able to move forward with it it's just um it's just cool to kind of get the the outline of the map and Mm -hmm. see um See that? See that? Yeah, like you said, see the birthing process. But then it's then it can be tricky to then think that then it's done.
3: <laughs> yeah, for, for sure isn't. I just there's like there's like sweeter spots. So it's like one set thirty three. I started a wave wake. I was like, ah, oh, that's a sweeter spot. Like this feels a little mm. bit true, and this feels a little bit like there's fresher air and. Mm-hmm. this feels more my truth, whereas I think before there was like glimmers and moments and there was a lot of like discomfort, mm. um, mainly, most of the time. Um, that was really, really, like I really felt it, I was really uncomfortable, but like in myself too and now I was like, now I'm creating clothing that I feel comfortable in and that I can, and something also to offer. Like when I was a stylist or that's what I was saying I was doing, I I couldn't really promote it. It felt like not promoting something true or that was really me. Even though I just said A Wave Awake wasn't me and I didn't name it, didn't give it my name, my clothing, because it's not me. At the same time, it, it not being me, it's most authentically me. I don't know <laughs> if, if, that, if that paradox can... Can be i don't know i guess like tantra will allow it all to be there
2: absolutely yeah yeah and
3: so um so yeah and just sitting with it and i just the i don't know what's next and, and why sometimes i don't know why i'm here like literally in topanga even <laughs> like why yeah. am i here but this is where i'm here and then speaking of that like the concentric circles or spirals like i first came here in 2003 i a couple years later started collecting slip dresses here that Mm. were dyed with chemicals that were not right but that a lot of them became the basis Mm. for my obsession with slip dresses and I know now every if you're aware every clothing company has a slip dress Uh, and it's a thing now but you know that that wasn't quite as prevalent in um, the market as now it is like a requisite thing Mm. Um, and and so then I started doing my own based on some of these models, Mm -hmm. but making them my own and then knowing that why create anything new if it wasn't going to be done out of a new paradigm. And for me that meant there's no way they can be synthetic and there's no way they're going to be dyed with chemicals because when I figure that one out, that chemicals, everything goes into our waterways. There's so much waste from fashion production Mm -hmm. and, if I was going to make something new, why would I add to this this mess that we have on the planet right now if it wasn't going to be done this new way? So, like even Topanga was woven in. Yeah. The story just it wasn't like complete. It was still like, oh yeah, this is a synthetic dress, and oh this is this place is cool. There's some like messy vibes over here, but something there's something here and right. <laughs> knows but uh yeah it's super interesting the way that all comes together and for sure i'm i'm still i don't say in the infancy but still in like the teenage phase of the creation i think that's what i feel will be interesting to see like what's next
2: yeah and so what what kind of um what kind of advice or support would you offer to other people, other women that are engaging, wanting to engage from this place in in their lives to engage from the spiritual, from the divine
3: feminine into the world? Um, wow. Yeah. I think number one, like get into your body, mm. like whatever that means, like with the discomfort, with the ple- beauty, with the pleasure, like, Find your body, and then like feed it and clothe it and care for it. And I'm saying this in all humility for someone who's like messed up plenty. <laughs> and like I go such step, steps forward and like getting this right, and then they'll be like, "How did I even think about you know treating myself that way again?" Like wait, I know better. <laughs> and, like, but let's just say you know without it being perfect is I think the takeaway. But like because that's where you're going to access the truth. And the one thing I found about some of um, our practices is that we're even using the body to like go out there, you know, to like leave our bodies, Mm -hmm. you know, practices. And I'm not saying it's even a comfortable, fully a comfortable place for me, but I just know that that's my understandings, early understandings of Tantra and my early understandings of what it is to access your feminine power It's to get figure this out like get close with this and then all everything will emerge all your truth will emerge um and yeah you'll you'll want to cloak yourself in like the most high vibrational clothing and the food and and it and it's not fashion or trend in the sense the word fashion is like to me okay like you can look at it fashion's a complicated word but it's not it's like because authentically you are needing to then like represent yourself and express yourself from that place where you're like recognizing your divinity and and to use a beautiful yogi bhajan you know a few a few phrases but you know you are the grace of god as a woman and you are bountiful beautiful and blissful and how how better to try to to remind yourself than to attempt to feed yourself um Mm. and then on the wellness tip it's like you know our skin absorbs all these chemicals and and everything so why not also want to like put on the most nourishing oils and garments Hmm. once well you don't want to mix the silk and oil you know but like (laughs) (laughs) oils absorb and (laughs) right 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 yeah
2: put a little time but a little distance between those
3: (laughs) but in the natural fibers that are that are naturally (laughs) dyed um and, and it's interesting, like, Vogue doesn't really know, I don't think, that they're naturally dyed or care. but I want to assume that it's part of why people are attracted to it, It's the vibration, it's undeniable, and then just the expression of plants, you know, is, and you can, I'm going to hopefully go deeper into herbalist studies and plant shamanism perhaps, but um, you don't even have to know. Like, you can know if that's your interest, and all you do is just Feel it. And I think maybe that's feminine as well. Like, you know, go look it up. Go study. Go deep. Go with that teacher. And then also just feel it because you know it. You know that the energy of that plant. You know that color, you know. And, and, uh, and uh, we feel colors, really. If, whether we want to or not, we're able to tune into that. So it's like about something else but yeah so that would be that would be and then everything else you know like you honor your body and you let the right people in and you let the right things in and you even know how your body wants to move and then from there you know how you want to create hmm. as a, mother, a lover or artist or entrepreneur i think it all becomes really clear like hmm. yeah
2: <laughs> that's awesome I love that. I love that a lot. I'm just struck right now by California coming through the computer. (laughs) And it's so crazy because I spent this unraveled period of time and I was supposed to be there for two weeks. I was there for like a month and a half. And, um, and then I came back here and then I've been in France and then I'm now I'm back here in New York. And um, it really is a um, when you talk about getting in the body and then I I think immediately of the place too for me because I'm so different in my body depending on the place that I'm in. And we talked a bit about this this summer when we met briefly in Venice, but from all the traveling, there was this this year and a half time period where I was doing so much traveling and I really got on this vibe of kind of being able to maintain my vitality, my vibration, my energy, no matter where I was. But I wasn't uh, but then something happened when I landed in, in California for this extended time, and I was really in the earth. I mean, I was in Point Reyes, I was in hot springs in in Ojai, I was in you know northern California on the coast, and um, and I don't know. I'm just bringing that into play with place and body and the feminine. And what do you what do you have on that?
3: Uh, um... Well, yes. I mean, they call like different, I think, different states, different cities, different like land masses, little spots have more or less uh, feminine, masculine energy. Like, like we all do, a, a combination, I would say. And so we probably recognize what's the predominant energy. Uh-huh. Maybe a wild place is neutral. And so, yeah, New York is so masculine. And so for the feminine, you, you know, and I was... Born there and spent many, many, many years there, um, but it is challenging. And I know there's a lot of beautiful, like crystal rock bed underneath there, and communication and things are sparkly, and and yet it's it's challenging. Um, but it shaped who I was. But and yet there was like cloaking was a thing. Like you, I, you just I didn't feel comfortable like walking down the street without layers. And then that can make you dense and. Hmm. And then you find ways to cope you know I don't do women's circles here, but in New York City, that was essential like there hmm. was pieces and things that I needed to do to just like get through and there's other places like Hawaii and Bali, especially where it's just like so feminine, so lush and it's just flowers and you're in your skin and it's just like you feel the atmosphere and it feels safe to be feminine hmm. so you you can kind of look at that, um, um, and, and is that where
2: you spent time developing this? Was it Bali? Is that where you were? Uh, well, Indonesia. I, I,
3: a wave awake was first really born in New York City, and then I ended up getting going, uh, making my way. If I started this. Started developing it 2011, but um, let's just say it was born 2012. in September is when I presented it for the first time. I didn't really get to Bali until uh, two and a half years later. Um, two and a half years. 2014 was I in Bali? Oh my God, now I'm confused. Yeah, 2014. Um, and I was in Asia for two months traveling, and I was I had been doing that for two years, and I was sort of had a lover over there, and that was part of my um, the draw for me. But I also knew that that's where the silk is. And that's where the dyes are. And let's all make this one. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. all see if we can give this a go. And then it didn't work out. I had extra time. And I went to Bali. And I, I've known Bali has also, like kanga come into my field for years and years and years. And it took this sort of, it wasn't the first heartbreak. It wasn't the last. It's just like, OK. I'm on my own, which I had been traveling more or less on my own, but it was like, okay, I'm really on my own and I need to strategize. I have two weeks time and I'm going to Bali and I stayed three months and I knew there was a natural dyer to work with over there. And I knew that's where people also were able to make clothes. I mean, throughout Asia, you could find those resources. So Hmm. um, I was, yeah. So that was part of my interest. So Bali is a very important place to me spiritually, community, and creatively for sure. But it was more like the midpoint in creations thus far of A Wave Awake because I had a dyer actually out in LA and she's genius, Jane Palmer, um, and she's working on some other things. But she was using the natural dye stuffs and machines, which is such an interesting way of taking the plants and Hmm. making this thing scalable and using, you know, mechanics uh in the more modern sense of the word whereas in bali it's like old school style the local material the big vats super super gorgeous and they can do it too and it's in a factory setting but um yeah different and she closed up shop and it was just the perfect timing that i ended up in bali and i didn't really have a choice but i didn't really know what i was gonna do and it just bali happened and that's Where I was able also now to work with them to dye the pieces, uh, which was just another blessing, Hmm. good timing, and and you know, and there was like some suffering mixed in there, and then confusion and and why am I here? But I'm gonna keep staying here. And it was a place where I also did do deep spiritual work, that was outside of Kundalini Yoga, and really like like what kind of stuff? um, A static dance, if you want to call that. work, but that's a huge thing. Yeah. And I, I sort a lot of connection to the body, which I was told I needed to get back in.
2: I mean, it's just, um, it just feels like the name <laughs> of your, of your company is the story really, because it, it feels like you set off on this. You had these leanings, these academic studies these jobs and then you kind of set off on this one wave that's taken you through these different <laughs> awakenings i'm sorry if that's too corny but but literally you know it literally <laughs> it literally has taken you down these different places that have and so it's it's um it it's answering the question i asked before it's that you know your dharma or your sadhana And your life are not two separate things. You know, your, your car, you know, your karma (laughs) is unfolding as all as your spiritual practice is unfolding as your work life is developing. Like it really feels like your story is this feminine unfolding now. I mean, again, I don't know what it felt like in the moment. I don't know what the periods of doubt felt like. But it seems to me that somehow you were able to, like, stay on the the wave long enough and not get caught in those, the underbelly.
3: Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you for that reflection. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't, I didn't think, like, I... I maybe was, I don't know, <laughs> fell at a moment. Like, yeah, trying to find the surface of the wave, but um, the undertow didn't get me. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and oh, if, you know, if the you know the undertow, that. for from my experience, the undertow is rumination, is you know all the, the seven deadly sins, the you know um, the thought, the mind, really. You know, Ramdas would say, that's your mind. <laughs> yeah and
3: you know i've i will definitely admit to getting thrown off you know by uh romance stuff that hasn't worked out and and luckily it somehow i feel by you know the grace of guru divine wisdom kept me like You know, I think when you're operating out of a feminine path and you don't have as much structure and that's not the way you operate, you perhaps can be taken more by the waves. That's the beauty of it. But also the danger of it is like how to stay buoyant. Yeah, Um, I don't know. I can't say I know where that comes from, but um, maybe practice. You know, I'm not I'm not a child anymore. My birthday is on Friday and I'll be 39. (laughs) So, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a little girl anymore, even though that little girl comes out <laughs> once in a while. So I think it's just like um, practice and and a lot of, a lot of grace that's come in at, at moments and um, yeah.
2: Well, I know there was a, a quote from uh, Neem Karoli Baba that came through my feed the other day that he said, do your, do your work like a hero and all else will be taken care of, or something to that effect, and and it feels like that the work was was the the boat, the safety net, you know.
3: Uh, oh yeah, oh absolutely, because mm. I didn't really know what it was. I was like, I know I have a message. I know that there's something that wants to come through me, and mm. and maybe a wave awake isn't the end all be all of that expression, but it was a little bit uncomfortable for the years before because i knew and i couldn't quite figure out what my offering was Mm. and then instead of throwing it all out the door when i started going say deeper diving deeper into spiritual practice Mm. i then just infused Mm. and recreated uh from the clay that i was already working with right Mm. so i just maybe put some put some sparkle into that you know earth colored clay Mm. put a little (laughs) put a little glitter in it and I don't know what the good stuff is, the glitter or the clay. It's both, you know. It's like which is the which is the the, the stuff that's really fueling it? It's it's both. So yeah. And then and there we go back to the Shiva and the Shakti and then the sacred union and and yet I know as well that, you know, a little more of the masculine will help take this all further. So it's like after we embrace the Divine Feminine and, and learn and study in it, then it's time to uh, invite the masculine back in for the sacred union. And that's, I think, when stuff gets really exciting. And I think that's where I am um, the next kind sort of phase of entering in um, to that, whether it be a, a business partner or I just, uh, I ground into that. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. sure yet, but... Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's interesting that you say that about whether it's a partner or if you ground into it to yourself, because I feel like, um, personally, that's the place that I've come to and, and I'm, and I'm quite resistant to ground, re feel grounding into it. Um, because I don't want to reground into an old way that I used to wield that kind of part of my being. And so um, I think the temptation to find that for me, the temptation has been to find that only in a partner, only in the other. Yeah. And I think that that challenge for both for all of us is that I mean yes, we can we can partner with people that have different strengths than we do, but that The challenge of 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 merging those two within is is frightening it's frightening
3: well that was my kind of woo-woo guidance was like it's time you know there was like a voice and a feeling and then like everything opened up and then you know and then there was complications and now there's like drama with neighbors and these things but I think that um you know, that's all the stuff of life that you have to keep on showing up for, and um, I don't know yet. We'll see. What does it feel like? It feels like getting uncomfortable, actually. It's like, wait, I traveled, and I flowed and I floated, and I felt like I floated, and people told me I didn't even touch the ground. I I was just like, you know, hovering Kuan Yin, and now I'm like, ooh, I'm denser, and I'm slower, and I'm awkward, and I feel my feet more, and I and I'm, you know, I literally am grounding into nature and it's beautiful. And it's also like, it can feel weird. And, and so I think I'm figuring out how to um, invite it all in. And also I think it's like choice, right? Because we can choose how we show up. We can't, you know, change the circumstances. And and you can also perhaps choose, that would be the more idealized sacred union version of, oh, I'm I'm going to access my masculine, abilities right now. And I'm going to, you know, do the spreadsheet and, or I'm going to really just surrender and trust and flow in the feminine in a different way and, and source creativity and, mm. and, and know the answer through that, that wisdom. So, yeah. This woman,
2: an, a woman that I spoke to, um, last year that I, we have to redo her, her interview. Um, but she wrote this book, wild creative. Her name's Tammy Lynn Kent. She also wrote wild feminine. Might yeah. have heard of her. Mm-hmm. But her, her latest book, Wild Creative, really is kind of ta- talking about that, the merging of the two, how the two things come in together now that we're talking about this. Um, and, I mean, I, I don't know, though. You know, everybody that I'm talking to, none of us are quite sure. And and what I liked about what you said about it before about your, your personal experience before is that it, it really took its own time, you know, it took its own time and it took its own sorting out within you and within your circumstances and that your willingness to be open to that and, and ride with that is what brought you to this moment. And so, yeah, I don't, uh, coming into, yeah, there's an ideal of, of choice, but the choice also can be to explore how this is taking shape you know
3: yeah it's like making a choice not preemptively mm. because mm. in a way um there's the right time for everything and trusting and mm. in the guy in that guidance that comes from inside and in and the mm. outside it's just listening and paying attention because mm. i don't think even if i wanted to be a designer and create clothing it wouldn't have the the reception or the energy that it would have had maybe if i created it a year prior right or you know i just i don't know right so Hmm. i think right now in culture there's this immediacy because Hmm. of social media and the millennial generation of like oh i need to get out there because everyone else is and we all have access and we need to take this idea and that idea and it's like no we're still subject to the rules here of you know balance and karma and and divine timing and so i think in spite of all that pressure it's so good to l- remember that at least for me that's not how it works maybe other people it does i've never been able to effort truly anything i think i oh mean gosh. a point effort but by effort alone i've not gotten hmm. much done hmm. right
2: yeah well, I think um, I'm going to think this good. we got a lot of good stuff in there. It was really nice to see you and connect with you. Um, let's stay yeah. in touch. Thank you More, so, please. so much.
3: Yeah, it was so like really beautiful, like clarifying. And um, yeah, I love the way you host podcasts. It's just such a pleasure. Like I love, and now I'm excited to listen to the new one.
2: Oh,
1: good. Oh, thank you.
3: Again. Okay, beautiful one. Have such a good evening.
2: Thank you so much. You too. I'll talk to you really soon.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.